0: Home of the Cowboys, site of the JFK assassination, a burgeoning metropolis, and the birthplace of sinisterhood. Dallas, Texas has made a name for itself in various ways throughout the years, but one radical street artist has been pushing a conspiracy that the city's founders aren't exactly what they seem. This week's episode is the Dallas Cephalopod Conspiracy. Well hello everyone and welcome to Sinisterhood. Normally you hear two voices but you're only hearing mine today because our dear sweet beloved Christy is ill. She has either the flu or some ungodly combination of something in the air here in our fair city of Dallas which you're about to hear about today that as my mother would say Fresh air will kill you. So it's either horrible allergies, the flu, or something much, much worse. But I am here to bring you one of my favorite topics, not just the city of Dallas – but specifically, this really weird, twisted, bizarre conspiracy about how our city was founded. Uh, we, you know, we travel the country. We're, we're coming actually to see, we're coming to Boston, getting out of this hot hellhole. Don't tell me it's hotter in Boston. On July 19th, we're coming up to New York on July 20th. We're going to be in D.C. on July 22nd. But for now, we're here in our home, sweet home, sweltering, swampy, Million Degrees, Dallas, and today you're going to learn about how our city was created. Was it? I don't know. That's a great question. Was it really founded by cephalopods? After this episode, you be the judge. There's also been an update in the case, so be sure to check our show notes. We're going to link that. Pete Friedman has uh, created a Twitter feed with some of the updates that happened in April of 2022. This originally aired as a mini-sode on Patreon in December of 2021, but it's one of our favorite weird conspiracies, and we thought more people need to know about this. But not only are you going to hear us talk about cephalopods, we it's Pre-Christy and Tommy's move So you get to hear our discussion On maybe they're going to move Maybe we'll build a bunker Our bunker plans are still ongoing We also discuss one of my very favorite songs The hit Banger hit Uh, based on our city. I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to let you listen. And I do want to have a quick call if you or anyone you know works for the city of Dallas, specifically the Office of Arts and Culture, and can get us access to these existing cephalopod statues, which stand as evidence that our city was invented by cephalopods, please reach out to us, Sisterhood Podcast at gmail.com, because we need to get into the Dallas Office of Arts and Culture and see these things straight up. We're also talking Dallas because on Freaky Friday this week, we have some stories for you all. We also have a uh, a guest on and uh, just a little teaser for you making an announcement about a performance we're going to be doing in Dallas. Not just any regular show, though. We're teaming up with some friends coming in from out of town we're all very excited so he will be on the show this friday so keep your ears peeled for a huge announcement but it is dallas based and i will say if you're not in this city and you haven't visited yet you have to listen to this episode so you know our history because i know once you hear what's going on in october you're going to want to come up here so without further ado please enjoy the history of the city of dallas the cephalopod conspiracy
1: We put Dallas on the map, Heather. I mean, (laughs) um, yes, a president was assassinated Mm -hmm. in this great city of ours.
0: But did anyone really know about Dallas till we came along? They call it America's team, but I think we're America's team. We like, the are, America's are fine. Team. We're the right, world's team. That's <laughs> right. The two of us together are America's team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I loved this uh, research for this because I love Dallas and like reading about it. And it's becoming, I heard on NPR, Dallas, Austin and Houston are about to be a biotechnology triangle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we want to live forever, this I mean, is where to be. You got
1: Elon Musk all up mm-hmm. in our shit. Uh,
0: Joe Rogan. Huh? Joe Rogan. Joe Ro- oh, God, I forgot he's, he's, he's gonna live here forever. now.
1: I, f- I forgot about Joe. <laughs> uh, I mean, Austin's <laughs> been a tech city forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... um, People like coming here because the property taxes, compared to where they come from, are very low. But here's the thing, you guys. Y'all are driving up our fucking property
0: taxes because <laughs> you keep moving here. <laughs> and that Well, and I didn't realize that, too. They were saying, you know, the price of a house somewhere else, you get, like, an enormous house here. And uh, a friend of mine, the house next door to them was for sale. And, it like, the people were just like, oh, yeah, I'll pay that. Like, whatever the asking price is, add. I had a friend from my mm-hmm. old job that her house, they paid $50,000 ca- $50, cash over asking mm-hmm. price. You have cause to Because they're from in San market. Diego. Yeah. And, like, for them, moving to Justin, Texas and getting, like, this big plot. Of land, like the 50 extra thousand was like, I wish I could just write a check for 50,000. Like, I'll do it. I just want that house. But in Justin, I mean, I'm sure it's a lovely place,
1: but But it's kind of far. They probably paid what, 500,000 for their house there, and that would have been like
0: 2 million. In San Something. Diego, yeah, yeah, i mean, I mean I think it was probably like a yeah, two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand yeah. dollar house, yeah, that they ended up. So I mean, yeah, it's I guess whatever value is, but that that was a big list in I think in November or October, November in the New York Times, like top five cities to move to, and three of them were like Plano, Garland, mm-hmm. Mesquite. I mean, Garland it's a good place. and Mesquite. Hey, they're on the up and up. I, they're on, are they're, they? They're, oh yeah, I don't hate families. Mesquite as
1: much as y'all do, and by y'all I mean. You and Leanne, who are from there, and I, maybe it's because I'm not from there, so I only go to like Target there.
0: <laughs> I'm offended. I do not hate mesquite. I love it. Do I'm you? allowed to talk shit about it because I'm from there.
1: <laughs> um, Tommy, Tommy doesn't mind mesquite, but Tommy lived in Mesquite and
0: Garland. Mm. growing the, up he, he, he got, got, got he both worlds double dip both worlds. <laughs> double dipping no i love mesquite as a home of the championship rodeo and i love my friends that live there and my my friend from high school just got reelected to the city council which shout out for get involved in your local politics yeah. like saw that some not so great candidates were running and thought i'm gonna throw my hat in the ring and then ended up winning and so making it a, a safe place there's like an LGBT and um, ally group that he created. They do oh, like cool. um, pride marches. They got NAACP groups involved that, you know, making sure that everybody's voices is heard, not just the select few wealthier slash older citizens that were like on the council for a million years. So, Mesquite, is this making its way? It's making it. So I could see why it would make a top list of yeah. where to live.
1: Um. I think because it's so adjacent to Dallas and way more affordable than Dallas makes it a, oh, yeah. a same with Garland. Because the housing prices where we live are, I'm about to use a word that I hate, mm-hmm. and it just popped into my head. They're redonkulous. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that word. It makes me cringe. But it was like the first it word that wrong, came to me. It ain't wrong. Uh-uh. And it, but the housing market is wild, like, yeah, what our house we could sell for right now more than double what we paid for in twenty fifteen. the thing is though you gotta move somewhere, yeah, and so all the houses <laughs> I mean that yeah. you know what unless you can move into uh, a a rent free or mortgage free place, you're not really making any money, yeah, but I don't know, I think it's about to burst. We are wanting to move. Still stay in East Dallas, but just to um, a different different neighborhood, bigger house. So hopefully we hit it at the right time. But
0: yeah, but you find what
1: you pay to live in Dallas, that same square footage and house in Forney, which is oh, yeah. a, a suburb kind of out. I won't say the boonies. It's just like... It's, Further the Mesquite. Yeah. I mean, you'd get triple the house out there for what you... You mansion, here. oh, a mansion,
0: yeah, but that's what out in you know out in uh, the eastern suburbs, Saxe, Wiley, Murphy, mm-hmm. all out there. There's some that I mean, just straight up used to be farmland. You mm-hmm. can get gorgeous, giant oh, yeah, houses, huge.
1: I mean, you're living in one of those suburbs, though, so if you don't, if that's not the life you want to
0: live. Then people pay a lot of money to live. You know, ten minutes from downtown Dallas. But you know what Ray Kurzweil said. We don't even need to live in the middle of cities. You can live wherever you want because we're all connected virtually. You that's and I true. are on Skype right now, so that's true. We could, we could. I mean, I still I only. You need to move so I can know if I'm going to move or how close. No, we're you have be. to move on the same street. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> Whenever the
1: plan. I look at houses, I look if there's another <laughs> house like in the same neighborhood available. I'm like, okay, what do we need to do? To get them, get these houses or putting our bed. I don't want to build a house because that Tommy was like. Uh, we will never because I cannot make decisions. He was like, oh, it would destroy yeah.
0: <laughs> the family if we had to build a house <laughs> tearing us. These cabinets are tearing us
1: apart. <laughs> oh my god, it would uh, <laughs> it would take years off my life. But that would be cool if we could like build houses next door to each other. There you go. And then right we could run good. like a um a
0: line with tin cans or have walkie talkies. Oh, I was going to say a tunnel underground, but yes, Oh, a tunnel. That That's even better. We could have Like both. Dale Gribble. He builds his teacher, digs his tunnel out on King of the <laughs> Hill. we'll have but... bunkers.
1: So we can have a tunnel that goes to both of our bunkers. Attached bunkers. That's smart. That's smart. That's, we got to do it. So even That's during the pain. apocalypse, we can still record and and
0: hang out. Never. Yeah, we're never stopping the show, no, apocalypse it's or not. forever. We'll get
1: CB radios if we have to, but it's going to be out You did just tell um, our financial advisor that you never wanted to retire. So. I did say that.
0: <laughs> he goes, what age? I go, uh, never. And he goes, how about 70? I go, no, I'm still going to. I'm going to still be working. I'll still be writing. I'll probably still be doing comedy. And he's like, how about just like if whenever work has to be optional? I said, you can put 75.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I, okay. I, when I met with him, I said, I know Heather told you never. I'm probably going to have a different answer. And, he goes, <laughs> and I, But then I said, you know what? If I'm still doing what I'm doing now i don't need to retire i was like Uh -uh. so and he goes just when work could be optional and i was like (laughs) okay that's that's better because i like that it could be optional but because my option would be do it whenever
0: i want and it's fun and i feel like it yeah yeah god bless any professionals that have to work with us (laughs) right (laughs) like uh, he's like what do you mean you want to be in a tube (laughs) but you said your mom's retiring yeah, yeah. She, Congrats, um, Kathy.
1: I believe her last day is January twenty first. So, S- standing ovation for Kathy. Yes. Um. It, for real, really is. No, I um. I actually watched a, um. I think it was a documentary recently that. So now I've changed what I want to do for the afterlife. What's that? Um. Have you seen Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The documentary Weekend at yes, Bernie's. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um. That's. Uh, I figure. <laughs> That would be fun if like all four of us somehow weakened mm-hmm. at Bernie's ourselves yep. and, you know, could just kinda g- have fun. Sunglasses it's you know, it's on. kind of a burden on others because they're gonna have to like carry us around and stuff. Will so you? yeah. You know. And then I started thinking this movie was made.
0: Like oh, yeah. this Start was this finish.
1: idea was greenlit. Someone mm-hmm. said forget about logistics and like how this would really work we don't have to worry about embalming or the or decomp we're just mm-hmm. gonna
0: carry this dude
1: around and have him it'll party be hilarious for, and then there was hilarious. a second one so oh, yeah. i mean
0: did the they keep him around
1: for us for like years i don't think maybe I saw we should the do a one.
0: watch we got a watch weekend at Bernie's uh, oh too. that'd be a skip good one. The first one
1: skip the first watch one the and just
0: go to the second i don't Straight think i've the seen second. the second one I have not. I don't know that I've fully seen the first one. We watched a YouTube breakdown. I can't remember what it, you know. The, we watched a lot of like weird movies that got made or kind of like, not quite like the podcast, How Did This Get Made, but they do like background on, mm-hmm. you know, or like we just watched the whole thing on Tales from the Crypt, like how it got made. Then they made the movies and they had the primetime version. They had the kids' game show version of so Tales we watched from the Crypt? Of,
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait, it was a, a real of... game show or a show yeah, about was a like, game show?
0: No, it was like a real game show and the kids had to collect skulls and they put these skulls on this like sticker like a what do you call it like a spear type uh-huh. of thing and like whoever had the most skulls oh impaled my on God. a stick H- H- Ella would dominate. Oh yeah, that she is Ella's him. dream. <laughs> it was like Legends of the Hidden Temple mixed with guts and oh. with skulls. Yeah. You know they
1: have an adult Legends of the Hidden Temple now on Netflix. We could, why aren't we on that show? Call I, for real. Call I our, got, what are our agents
0: doing? They're oh not God, doing anything right on now. That. We're not on I that.
1: told them I want to be on a game show or a judge on a game show. I watched five minutes and had to bail. It was so cringy. Oh, no, yeah. And they weren't even in the temple, they were like outside. I don't know. It was weird. That's nonsense. Um, yeah. Ella the other day asked me, apropos of nothing, um, are we all going to be buried in the same gravestone? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is my life. I mean, I didn't even bat an eye because this is just life with Ella (laughs) hashtag. Um, And I go, I don't know. People don't usually do that. Like you usually, um, you know, have your own, but some people do. And then like she dropped it. And then like a week later, she asked me again. And I said, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? And she goes, I think I want my own gravestone. And I go, okay, that's
0: fair. (laughs) Deal. Someone reminded me that I I had said in the Houston show that I wanted to be cremated and blown into people's faces. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's right. I already have my plans. I have
1: been um, doing a lot of Mm self-exploration about death lately. And I'm coming around on some things, mainly because I've learned that... Um, certain things give me far less anxiety about it than others. So but then I start running into this imposter syndrome. Like, am I just wanting to believe this because it's easier (laughs) or do I really
0: believe this? So I don't know. Doing some self-exploration on death. Yeah, same. I got a new Zen book by Bernie Glassman, who is Jeff Bridges' uh, Zen master. Um, Oh, he passed away in 2018. But his Mm -hmm. book. It, the, i'm reading inner circles right now and it talks about like what we were talking about of like you're a log but then you get burned so you become ash and smoke and you return back to the, you know like a ocean mm-hmm. a wave and the ocean doesn't stop being a wave if it crash crashes on the shore goes back into the ocean so it all kind of goes back together, yeah
1: so. my whole thing is like consciousness and personality and self-awareness and stuff which
0: to that, me, the, waves, that is addressed
1: <laughs> waves and stuff don't have so i don't know i think it does
0: though huh we're all one yeah whatever
1: uh
0: <laughs> well i don't say whatever to your beliefs
1: <laughs> no i'm not saying whatever to that i'm just saying whatever in my own mind of like i can't start thinking about it too much or i'll start true, true, to, true.
0: to spin out well you know what i like to think about and it, i'm not spinning out because i love this as i i'm my my future is also octopus. burn my body and put my consciousness into a cephalopod i've already decided well so. you are from the right city yeah So, created by cephalopods. Apparently, I am so bummed I never saw these. I know they're the what we're talking about today are these uh, sculptures that appeared in Dallas. They're, if anybody has an inside track to the Dallas City of Dallas Arts Group, whatever it's called. Well, I mean, it's like the city municipal art department. Oh, that's right where they are right now. Yeah. They're in storage. So, if you could get us a tour, I mean, come on, please. Some sticks. So, they're. Still exist in existence. I bet if we called up Pete Friedman, he'd let us see his sculpture. He'd probably talk to us. Probably do an interview. We, I know.
1: I know somebody writes for Central Track. We might be oh, able yeah. to get
0: in there. Yeah, yeah, we hang out. I'm a big Pete Friedman fan after reading all his coverage on this.
1: It's um, it's fun. Yeah, I like that someone was just like, "Why not? I'm just gonna put these art installments around mm-hmm. the town and somehow managed." That's hard to get a life size statue erected. With no mm-hmm. one noticing? Or just, yeah, you got to get in, get out, and speed away. I mean, taking, even like transporting that.
0: hmm I don't know It'd what you use.
1: A U-Haul? A
0: big truck? Probably. Maybe a dolly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a dolly. <laughs> just wheel it down. hmm 75. Be-be-be. Till you get to where you're going. Yeah. That's side a, car. What's that? I said a motorcycle sidecar. Oh, car. <laughs> yeah. That's why that guy had it that day. <laughs> so he, he was taking around the 75 statues. Yeah, this is... Um, this is going on, or went on, just 10 minutes
0: from where we live. So Yeah, and only just a month ago, so it's I all know, still recent. That's why I why, gosh, I can't... Well, no wonder I picked we didn't that day. I picked you up that day, and I said, where did there, the cephalopod's out, and you go... Because we, you were at the dentist, and you said, oh. let's go see it. And I'm like, no, they just tweeted it. It was out for, like, three hours. They took it down within, like, three hours. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well...
1: We got to get into the cephalopod conspiracy then. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. D-Town. Pegasus City. The Big D. The shining star of the Southwest. An oasis on the banks of the Trinity River. The Dallas Metroplex is home to 7.5 million people. DFW Airport. One of the largest and busiest airports in the world. And one of the largest LGBT communities in the U.S. Home of America's team. The Dallas Cowboys. Dallas has served as inspiration for movies like Office Space, TV shows like Dallas, and the immortal Trey Lewis song, Dick Down in Dallas. This <laughs> okay. our new favorite song. This saved 2021. My, yeah. The birth of my son saved 2021. Next in line, the dis- you discovering
0: this song. I am offended this song went viral on tiktok in december of 2020 and nobody not nobody. one person who knows me personally and intimately nor nobody that even just knows me from the show or from social media or a friend of a friend this is so my type of shit it's a country song called dick down in dallas it's serious but it's funny but it's but it's good well done Yeah, Yeah, it's really good and catchy, but I did not know about this until I was researching this and I told you I wanted to get inspired. So I typed in Dallas into Spotify and this came on and I sent it to you and then we got so obsessed with it and (laughs) we made everyone listen to it at New Year's Eve.
1: (laughs) We did. And any remix we could find. Yes. But it's uh, if you know Trey Lewis. Please tell if you are Trey Lewis. Call in. We call. We'll get a phone for. We don't know how that works. We'll figure it out. Uh, We are obsessed with this song. It's a legit banger, and I was laughing so loud and scream singing it that Tommy had to come in and be like, "Can you stop? I'm on the phone." Like he was trying. He was on the phone with the vet, and I. It's so
0: good. You're like, no, I can't stop. It's uh, no, I won't stop. No. He says, "Popping that cooter like a cap gun. (laughs) And it gets me every... I can't stop thinking about how good it is. All day today, I was singing that song Mm -hmm. in anticipation of recording. I have written an essay exploring why I think it's such an epic Mm -hmm. song. And I will publish it uh, post-tense in the newsletter. You need to
1: send it to Trey directly.
0: Okay, I will. I'll, I send bet. I'll send it I'm sure to him. he has an age I'm sure you can co- find his contact info. I could probably just DM it to him on TikTok there or something you go. or send him on Instagram. So mm-hmm. everybody will we'll post it and then we'll have you tag Trey Lewis so he sees our our uh, dedication to him because mm-hmm. the song is it's wild. It's so good. It's, it's wild. Home
1: to the Caddo people who inhabited the Dallas area for thousands of years, Spanish colonists set up shop in what would become North Texas in the eighteenth century. They planted one of the six flags that would eventually fly over our fine city. France, Spain, Mexico, the Republic of Texas, the Confederate flag, and now the United States flag. The frequent change of our state's leadership even gave name to the amusement park chain, Six Flags Over Texas, which opened in the DFW suburb of Arlington in 1961. I went to Six Flags so much as a child. Oh, for sure. All the time. I had a season pass. And this was the 80s. And my best friend at the time, Elizabeth, also had a season pass. Our parents would just drop us off at Six Flags. and at the end of the day. Yeah. And and that was when Six Flags was connected to Wet n' Wild, which is a water park. Now it's called Hurricane Harbor. And it's no longer connected. But you could just go through a turnstile to -hmm. get from Six Flags into Wet n' Wild. So you had a season pass for both. Can you imagine dropping your 10-year-old off at an amusement-slash-water park for just
0: eight hours? <laughs> it's loose. It's, it was loose back then. It was then. a different
1: time. It was a different time. It back. was
0: wild. And, yeah. No, totally wild. Many, many fond memories of Six Flags. Oh, and yeah. I mean, there's some updates, but there are parts that I'm like, oh, this isn't moved since 1980, right? 1995 when I was here as a kid. I think the last time I went was
1: in college. It would have been... I was a senior at UNT. So 2001 or something like that. And, I hadn't been in so long and I went on the Batman ride, which I think was new around that time, and I got so motion sick. And that was when I realized
0: I can no longer do roller coasters. That sucks because the Batman's one of my favorite ones. Your feet dangle yes, and it's like yes. purple and yellow. Yeah, it's a good one. We went Christmas of twenty nineteen with Paris' sister and niece and oh, they're right. like big six flags, like season pass holders. And we got to go on some cool I mean, she's like, I want to go on the one that's like the Joker rides like a crazy roller coaster that also flips you upside down. In a little pod, and I was like, "Let's do it." I love roller coasters. So, was it fun? Oh yeah. I mean, it would make you vomit probably. But yeah.
1: I don't know <laughs> what funnel. happened. When I was a kid, I I had no problem with them, and mm-hmm. then maybe I didn't train hard enough. You know, like yeah. if you're a runner and then you Power stop. Through. And then when I tried to go back as a 22 year old, my body was like, "No, this Not you can't it. do this anymore." No. I would also, even when I liked roller coasters. The Shockwave was the first roller coaster I did that had loops. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, passing out... Yeah. From the whatever it is, the forces on your brain. Yeah, yeah. And, but I would still do it. Like, oh, yeah. There's so many TikToks. I saw one yesterday
0: of somebody on a roller coaster and they they pass out and it's just, you look wild. Yeah, your yeah. head's just bobbing back and forth. It's, I pass out on the Titan every time because it goes like a corkscrew, like down. Mm-hmm. And that one just, I don't know. I don't know what it does to my brain, but I don't know. I don't sign
1: me up. I, some going. centrifugal force. I don't even know what that is, but it sounded smart. Yeah, I don't. It. Is that was that what it is? Yeah, so. yeah. And I Tommy the other day was like, we should take Ella to Six Flags. I was like, uh, not now. Maybe. Yeah, maybe later. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe in maybe like a couple months. I don't years. know, like twenty, twenty five, or something <laughs> like that. We can take <laughs> her. Later. The founding of the city of Dallas is often attributed to farmer, lawyer, and tradesman John Neely Bryan, a Tennessee native whose cabin has been replicated and preserved in downtown Dallas's Founders Plaza. A man of many skills or possibly just the only one around willing to do the jobs, Brian was the city's first postmaster, a store owner, operator of a ferry across the Trinity River,
0: and host of the city's first courthouse in his home. Russ Martin, the DJ, used to call him John Steely Dan, and so I always think of that. That's a good one.
1: By age 66, Brian's family had brought him before a judge at a, quote,
0: lunacy hearing. There, Brian's son told the judge... His lucid intervals are very short, indeed only a few moments at a time. He talks foolishly and sometimes becomes very furious and wants to fight. He sometimes tries to burn up his bedclothes and tries to get away, says this is not his home, tries to get through the walls of the house. According to transcripts printed by the Dallas Morning News, Brian was declared
1: incompetent and committed to the Texas State Lunatic Asylum in Austin, where he died just seven months later on September 8, 1877
0: and this sounds just like mm-hmm. kind of run of the mill dementia possibly mm-hmm. that they just didn't know how to treat in 1877 so yeah. they just locked him up back then it's that's so sad that people spent their last months in their worst mental state
1: they were going through just like in that environment exacerbated it even more
0: oh yeah not a lot of therapeutic treatment and also there's a grave there that they think is his, but they're not sure if it's his. So that's one of the other mysteries of mm. he died at the asylum, but the, and there's a headstone, but there's some controversy of whether he's there or not. Yeah. Did they really take a lot of care?
1: And I mean, no. even if that you place were got the, shut down. <laughs> yeah. Even if you were the founder of Dallas, I don't know if you uh, were given the dignified burial that you deserved. Mm hmm. Despite his declining final years, Brian's legacy is the bustling community he helped establish on the banks of the Trinity River, and the city Brian chose to call Dallas. He told pioneer Frank M. Cockrell. The town was named for my friend Dallas, according to the city's website. However, when it comes to nailing down exactly which friend Dallas, that remains a mystery. City
0: archivist John H. Slate told the Dallas Morning News. Bottom line is, no one really knows. There's quite a bit of speculation, but none of it is borne out in any actual provable facts. This is probably one of the biggest conundrums in the city. No one really knows why it's called Dallas. You know, I did not know that until this. Same. I, I assumed it was named after a person. And there's yeah. like five or six candidates that they think it could. It was like a vice president, a general. There's a, multiple different ones. But then for each option, there's a reason why John Neely Bryan didn't know that person mm-hmm. or he didn't know him at the time that it was named or something like that. So they really can't nail it down. Maybe
1: it was a cephalopod now we friend. Know. That he named Dallas, or mm-hmm. that he's the cephalopod told him my name is Dallas. I don't think he gave him the name. No. I think he was told what the name was. Yeah, I don't think you can tell cephalopods anything. No. They tell you. They tell you mm-hmm. eight times. <laughs> 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 this is not the only mystery surrounding the Big D. In 2019, 178 years after Dallas was established, a peculiar statue appeared in our fair city. According to the statue's plaque, history left one attribute off the list of labels for our city's founder, cephalopod. On October 28, 2019, Alternative Online magazine Central Track reported on a strange occurrence. The statue of a creature, all silver, with a man's body wearing a suit, and the head of a cephalopod had appeared beneath the K. Bailey Hutchins Convention Center in downtown Dallas. According to Central Track, the first resident to spot the creation was a local attorney, John Bradley. That was my birthday. <gasps> That's true. Oh. I'm a celibate.
0: That's why I'm scared of him. I'm scared of my children. You're nature. scared
1: of yourself. I think you need to do some digging, some soul searching. A legitimate looking silver plaque was posted at the creature's feet. The plaque gave artistic attribution
0: to Solomon and was titled Self Portrait of John Neely Bryant hypothetical 1877 steel and beaks a full description riddled with typos followed which read confined in his last days to an insane asylum in austin no one knows what final confusions the founding father of dallas confronted before his death did the lines between selfhood and otherhood blur completely did fish confate with metal the eternal with the temporal the mammal with the cephalopod is the city he began a city, in fact, or only a shared delusion? Beneath the description,
1: the plaque claimed that the sculpture was a gift to the city from Margaret McDermott and bore the logo of the city of Dallas. It does look like a legit plaque. Yeah. I mean, it, it's professionally made. <laughs> Which is why it's odd that there are typos, because you would assume, yeah. if it, unless they're intentional, that someone would proofread that, and I'm assuming it meant did flesh conflate conflate with metal Uh yeah so two l's are missing (gasps) yes which does come Mm -hmm. into a possible theory uh, about all of these and i believe dallas did wasn't it d apostrophe l l a s i think there was a typo in that as well yeah there's typos all over so which would again maybe point to the two l's like try Mm -hmm. and highlight the two l's why the installation didn't stay up for long just three days after Central Track reported on its existence, the cephalopodian creature was removed. It was taken into storage by the City of Dallas's Office of Arts and Culture, according to WFAA News.
0: Yes, if you knew or someone you love works at City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture, call us. We Please. want to see the sculptures. We have to see these things. And like K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center, there was a whole thing in D Magazine recently about how they just want to like explode it and rebuild something because mm-hmm. it needs so much work. But the part, the place where it was at, it's not technically underground but it is covered so it's kind of dark and shadowy down there so it makes sense that i mean if you're just jump like if you hopped off a train and you were just getting off the train and walking to work you might not even notice it Mm -hmm. because it wasn't really out in the middle of anything so that's how it lasted for three days that's what but i don't understand why it was taken down
1: unauthorized i guess
0: what is what's going on here (laughs) what are they covering up
1: (laughs) (laughs) i guess i guess you have to have a permit to install like an art
0: Yeah, probably. Something. Yeah, I don't think they just let you do it. Or
1: you put it in that little... In downtown Dallas where it's the free speech square on the corner. You just go and
0: put it there. Then I dare you to take it down. Then it's your... You're infringing on our constitutional Mm -hmm. right to put up cephalopod sculptures. Sinister Hood will be right back.
1: Central Tracks founder, journalist Pete Friedman, was particularly interested in the statue's existence. He covered its discovery and removal with thoroughness and genuine curiosity, built out of his love for the city of Dallas and all things quirky. He reported that after publishing his coverage of the incident, he received a call from a male voice asking to confirm his office's mailing
0: address. And he said he gets that a lot because it's usually like advertisers or something so it's not like he doesn't go like why do you want our address. Right. No, people email us all the time or dms and and are like
1: what's your PO box? I want to send you something. Mm-hmm. So we don't think anything about it.
0: sinisterhead.com/contact. <laughs> there you go. A few days later, Friedman received what he described as a 10-inch ceramic humanoid statue boasting a large head with intricate features, carefully shaped hands and limbs and metallic feet. Included with the figurine was a plaque reading The Solomon Award for Journalistic Exceptionalism, presented to Pete Friedman. Dallas is only tangible so long as it is described that way. The illusion, our most worthy foe, resents your efforts against it. I, however, do not. Two crumpled sheets of paper included poetry from T.S. Eliot and Edna St. Vincent Millay. This was, it was also packed in a box with shredded documents that had handwriting on them. And Pete was going to have the interns go through and he was like, I felt bad about asking them. But like, hey, can you put these shredded papers back together? But he left it overnight. And when he came back, the janitor threw it out. So it just so happened. He's like, I should have just marked it. But he goes, honestly, I mean, I don't blame them. It looked like a box of garbage. But (sighs) lost forever. Also, could have been
1: inside those, one of those job. interns may have gone up there and gotten wind and they were about to have to do that and tossed it. <laughs> but that would be kind of fun as an intern. Yeah. I don't know. It would be fun for like maybe a few hours and then you're like, oh, my God. When you start to realize like this is just shredded. Uh, yeah, this is just like the. the Nonsense. The What is our newspaper called? Dallas Morning News. Dallas Morning News. <laughs> my God. Oh, it's been a long couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Friedman was dogged by curiosity. Who was Solomon? He looked into the attorney who first spotted the statue, but ruled him out. A busy attorney with a family would have no time to craft and place a full-scale statue. Then Friedman received a tip that someone possibly knew the statue's true creator. When pressed for an identification, the source told Friedman, Maybe it's good for our sweet city to have its own myths. I feel like I know a very busy attorney... (laughs) <laughs> that has a lot going on. and would still have time to craft and place a full scale statue if they wanted to. You're talking
0: about Jim Adler, the Texas yes, gamer? <laughs> yes, I am the Lawhawk. <laughs> um, the Lawhawk is the new Jim Adler. Um, Which, yeah, who's I mean, the Lawhawk? Oh, he's he's Michael like tr- Uvali.
1: No, no that's, that's a law, law boss. boss.
0: <laughs> I can't right. think of Lawhawk's real name, but Lawhawk is like a Fort Worth attorney and he does these wild commercials. Like one of them, he jumps a jet ski off of <gasps> oh, a ramp. Oh, yes, yes. And he's, he's like, i the Lawhawk. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a baby. He's um, fun. So maybe I say that. He runs his own business and he jumps jet skis. Who am I to call anyone a baby? Right. Um, no, but I mean, he's probably in his like, Early to mid thirties. He's getting, he's hustling though. Mm-hmm. Good for yeah. him. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he runs a very busy, you know, practice, this gentleman, John Bradley runs a busy practice. And um, I think it was just that he happened to be walking to work and noticed it and tweeted a picture. Then he later on deleted that tweet. And I think didn't want to be associated with it because he wasn't you know, a part of it.
1: Someone made him delete it. <sighs> the cephalopods.
0: They have so many <laughs> arms. They can that's right. Yeah, times? they
1: can do all social media at once. Social media is we don't even know about. This is why
0: I want to become one. I can answer all the messages. That's all true. The at the same you can do time. Twitter,
1: Instagram, all of them, t- and TikTok, Pinterest. Facebook, I could add everything all of yeah. the time. God, how efficient a cephalopod must be! So if
0: efficient. you hired
1: a cephalopod as your receptionist, done and done.
0: I mean, typing, y- answering phones, shredding, making a snack, making coffee—all this, all the things, all at everything, once. Everything. Anybody needed? Yeah, that's man. And can predict soccer matches.
1: Yes, yeah. And would never like accidentally lock themselves out of the office. No, nope. they, they just, just go just, under you, the door,
0: <laughs> or they're so
1: smart they just figure out they can pick locks. <laughs> they can. not They can open jars that they're in. Take
0: take the lids off tanks. I can never open a jar, so I need that in my life. <laughs>
1: i will admit that a cephalopod is smarter than myself oh they have
0: more brain neurons or whatever i mean they're they're so smart mm-hmm. i still have not watched um that netflix documentary it's like my friend something yeah whatever
1: he names the i think it's the well, name i, of,
0: I, I, I watched the Flicka. youtube documentary where that guy gets a Lobster from the grocery store and names it Lionel, and it's amazing. Oh yeah, I think Tommy was it you or Tommy that was. I was telling you all about it at, on um and I think it was on New Year's when oh, we were yeah. big down in Dallas. That's right. <laughs> I was talking That's about my right. Lobster. That's
1: right. That's right. I've heard that the Octopus Netflix show is wonderful and very touching and uh, a tearjerker. Well, we need to learn more about our city's history, mm-hmm. so and our future. <laughs> it seems Solomon had more to say. On December 13, 2021, at 10.30 a.m., 777 days after the first statue appeared, a second one was found anchored at Pioneer Park in downtown Dallas, where a Confederate war memorial had been removed in June of 2020. This new creation depicted Sarah Horton Cockrell in all white with a floor-length dress and the head of a cephalopod. One of the first millionaires in Texas, Cockrell owned and managed three hotels, a flour mill, and large amounts of real estate throughout the city, all in the wake of her husband's death. She was also responsible for the first suspension bridge to stretch across eternity. Was she able to accomplish so much in a time unfriendly to female entrepreneurs because she was something more than human? Maybe, but photos of Cockrell from the 1840s show her with an average human head. Or were they doctored? <laughs> or did they somehow know Photoshop? Did a time traveler from 2022 <laughs> go back to the 1840s and Photoshop, use Adobe Acrobat and Photoshop all of those, <laughs> have a
0: real person's head onto her cephalopod head? They had to. She was a hustler. She and that was. was not easy for women. Mm hmm. And that, I mean, they owned at some point like 25% of all the land that's now Dallas. hmm. So you hear Cockrell Hill. That's mm-hmm. a name that you hear in like streets and neighborhoods. A golden crown that jutted in seven directions sat on the sculpture's head.
1: In one of its outstretched hands laid a silver dollar. Beneath its feet was a pile of bones. The plaque placed just in front of the installation attributed this statue to Solomon
0: as well. The title was... Portrait of Sarah Horton Cockrell, 2024. Damp, urban, silver. Words engraved on the plaque
1: said this statue was a gift to the city by oil magnate T. Boone Pickens... Well known for his philanthropy in the DFW area, it was unlikely Pickens was the one who placed
0: the statue, as he passed away over two years prior on September eleventh, twenty nineteen. And that name is uh, the T Boone Pickens is a big YMCA center. I mean, mm-hmm. donated to every possible you know charity, something around yeah. Dallas. So that's an easy name. Same with Margaret McDermott. I think she's the Margaret. Hey, is that a Margaret from? That's Margaret Hunt Hill. Margaret Hunt is the bridge. Yeah, yeah, but it the same. Hunt so oil. at this. There's like Either five Solomon. families that
1: just ruled Dallas back in the day, and their money still lives on. And some of yeah. their some of their ancestors still live on. Too. They're still around running stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so yes, yeah, so those are easy names I think to pick and go. Oh, this is the, or they're all in on it. They're all naughty
1: That's fun to say. The description on the plaque read.
0: If Sarah Horton Cockrell did encounter Dallas's true namesake on her 33rd birthday, how did she walk away with her selfhood intact? Why her? Why that night at that crossing of that particular bend of the Trinity? The facts paint little in the way of an answer. Afterwards, she declined to sleep, wandering the darkened city she largely owned, inventing new ways to profit from thresholds. Was her wealth then hers by fate or by compulsion? Maybe our city's love-hate relationship with tolls was born that night, rippling out beyond the levees of her destiny. Her trinity toll bridge still calling in Sarah's debts on another plane, a taller, more enduring memorial than any of our city's other daughters have built. If so, well, hail Sarah, daughter of a nameable monarch, hand commanding the purse of eternity. Wow. It's poetic as fuck. (laughs) The one thing
1: I don't understand, it kind of just starts in the middle. Yeah. And I didn't under... I I tried to research, like, what do they mean on her 33rd birthday? Was she just walking around the Trinity River? There's really no explanation as to what that is talking about. (laughs) Like, did she have a um, experience, a spiritual awakening? There's... I couldn't find
0: anything that that explained that part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not a a Sarah Horton Cockrell historian, although I wonder if like the archivist for the city wouldn't know that there was like some newspaper article back from back then that said she was walking around or mm-hmm. something. When she decided on some
1: I don't know if they had tolls back then. But something yeah, I think that... she, that's how she paid for the bridge, I think. Oh, so even back then, she... Oh, yeah. interesting. So as said, it started our love-hate relationship with tolls. Mm-hmm. I don't Damn know tolls. about... Lo- well, I guess it is a love-hate relationship because you go faster. Oh, yeah, to pay. Is,
0: yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what, though. If I'm driving on the tollway and there's a wreck, I'm like, I didn't pay 50 oh, yeah. cents to get on a highway and sit still. Yeah, yeah. And some...
1: Uh, I also get real irks when i go somewhere and then like a month later i get a bill and i'm like i didn't even know i was on a toll i was
0: just driving <laughs> like what the hell and i got charged or if i spend like 50 cents and then it re- re-ups my toll tag and then they charge me 40 dollars i'm mm-hmm. like i know i can change it but can i i have to remember the password that's the email address from 2011 there's no way no, you're, i'm ever gonna, you're gonna be able to log in to your, that's just how they get you. It. yes they just auto take my money Sinisterhood will be right back
1: This plaque also included three strange symbols. WFA reported that the symbols were part of a medieval number system used by Cistercian monks. When reporters translated the numbers, they revealed a Google Voice phone number. Journalist Steve Monticelli called the number. Though no one answered, Stephen recorded and tweeted what he heard. An unintelligible cacophony of voices, bells, and chimes all playing at once. A Google Voice will try to connect you. (laughs)
0: I'm going the i the it is kind of eerie you can listen to the the tweet he he just recorded himself calling in and it's like a just almost like a found footage sounding thing Mm -hmm. i appreciate the
1: um uh what's the word i'm looking for the earnestness in which this person committed to this bit like they they were like we're doing an art installation we're put it was like a hat on a hat on a hat they they were like we're and i you know i love puzzles which on our next episode i'm gonna be telling everyone (laughs) what heather got me for my birthday and um Well, I'm going to post the pictures on Patreon. So that'll be a little Patreon bonus. But I love puzzles and all of that stuff. So I appreciate that they were like, these strange symbols don't just like, they're not just decoration. They mean something. And then we're going to go the extra step to like,
0: have a weird thing be there when you call. That's fun for people. Oh, yeah. Well, and I love it because reporters saw the picture of the plaque and had just, you know, I mean, it's crowdsourcing. They posted and said, does anybody know what these numbers are? And someone's like, oh, that's the Cistercian monk system. Mm-hmm. It's 972, blah, blah, blah. And then someone else was like, I called it. And so it was a lot of it kind of it brought people together. Web sleuthing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. it Brought everybody together. Just as soon as WFAA reported on the statue's existence, it was removed. When asked by reporter and Dallas cephalopod statue expert Pete Friedman whether they had a lead on identifying the statue's creators, the security guards around Pioneer Park stated that while security camera footage showed four people placing the piece, the camera's angle was partially blocked, so no identification could be made. Convenient. Sounds like, well... I guess they were—they put it in the same spot that the Confederate statue had been. Yeah. So it was an intentional spot.
0: It was like so a I little guess, empty.
1: Yeah, you can't say, like, well, they knew that the camera wouldn't be pointed there because they were putting it in that spot. But perhaps somebody was able to move the camera or it might have just been where it, it worked out that way for them. <laughs> Online sleuths have tried to determine the meaning of the statue and have developed several interesting theories. One Redditor put forward the theory that the statue installations may be related to the series The OA on Netflix. The OA was a science fiction supernatural show that aired on the streaming service until it was canceled on March 22, 2019. I saw the first season of this and I don't understand the connection this person is making.
0: There, someone was like It so clearly references the OA and like five or six people were like yeah and then someone was like well it got canceled why would they still do it and so I think that was a flimsy uh, graphic yeah. they were like when the first one came out they were like oh maybe this is because there was like a lot of um, fans wanted it to come back and they were like writing letters and trying to mm-hmm. you know like back in the day people would like send presents to a network to have something come back so like maybe this is like a street you know street team way uh-huh. to get more attention on the show but I think it's probably I did not, not see related. the second season, so maybe that is all related to the second
1: season. But the, about first, the first season, I have no idea what they're talking about, unless I just am not remembering it. It wiped your brain. Other users put together all the missing letters from the misspelled words and came up with several hypotheses on what they could mean. They almost spelled out... Illithid. A creature from Dungeons and Dragons, also known as a Mind Flayer that has a humanoid body and an octopus head someone else asked if the 2024 date meant a time traveler tore through the space-time continuum to place a statue in our time well that's clearly the most likely scenario. i mean obviously i think that's and i like that that they didn't really if i'm gonna time travel i'm gonna like go i'm gonna make it worth it
0: yeah i'm not just going like a few years back you got a John Connor. You're like killing something. Yeah. Stopping a revolution. Doing something. Yeah. I'm gonna stop the, I mean, the maybe machines t- from taking over. Who knows? Maybe
1: in two years we'll all be like, Oh, this was this was it.
0: This Makes was sense. a John Connor moment and we just were too ignorant to realize it. If you're listening, and December 13th, 2024, we owe you an apology. We're probably recording from our bunker, so please. <laughs> yes, our, na- our connected bunkers. bunkers with our tunnel underground. Mega bunker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Others made reference to Cthulhu, a fictional cosmic entity created by author H.P. Lovecraft. Another user attributed the creations to a religious group that started in Dallas, writing, Sounds like something the church or the subgenius would do. Meanwhile, others thought the statues may be part of an ARG, Alternate Reality Game. ARGs combine digital and real-life elements for an immersive game experience. If this
0: was the subgenii, we probably would have put Bob or mm-hmm. Slack or The Conspiracy. There would be more overt references yeah, if the Yeah, it would subgenii. have been like
1: Bob's Head yeah. uh, or a, cephala, a cephala head Bob.
0: Yeah, cephalahead cephala Bob. cephalobob, yeah. <laughs>
1: Bob said yeah. with like, uh, you know, tentacles and stuff coming out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like how you are identifying as one now. We. Well, we, we would have. <laughs> yeah. I would have been consulted, too, I think. When Central Track reached out to Dr. Sarah McAnulty, who holds a PhD in squid biology, for comment, she concluded.
0: I think there's pretty much no way that John Neely Bryan was an octopus, even though I typically would entertain this sort of nonsense. It's strictly because he lived so long.
1: The average lifespan of an octopus or a squid is only a handful of years, with Dr. McAnulty telling Central Track,
0: they live fast and die hard, but certainly an octopus would be clever enough to found a city, I would imagine. The good doctor's final conclusion, the founder of Dallas was probably not a cephalopod. I had no idea they didn't live that long. Probably. Well, what if you're she didn't address whether if you're half cephalopod, half man, then that's maybe true. you like if you say, OK, a human can now live to be 90 or 100 years old and a cephalopod can only live to be five years old. You split the difference. Mm, or if you're a boctopus, then I think forever. you live forever. Yeah, that's that's the true answer. You
1: look like a cephalopod, but you really are an AI.
0: Yeah. This is why Central Track and Pete Friedman are amazing, because they actually called a squid biology like <laughs> expert and also Dr. McAnulty. Shout out, because she was like, I would love to answer questions. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That's a fun doctor. Yeah, it's a great one.
1: Mm -hmm. According to researchers at the University of Chicago, octopi have 168 protocaterins versus just 60 found in humans, meaning the cephalopods have three times the neural wiring capacity of humans. At that brain capacity, could an ancient human-octopus hybrid have created our fair city? finding a way to hide its true form until it unraveled in its final days. Was it accompanied by other human cephalopod hybrids who developed the community and whose true histories have been lost to time? Does the mystery surrounding the city's true namesake factor into the ongoing conspiracy? It all remains to be seen. For now, both the creator of the statues and their purpose remain a mystery. Sinisterhood
0: will be right back. So what do we think? This answers a lot of questions. If there's. What's. Namely, who killed JFK? Yeah. And if there are all these chug holes in the town, they're because. The cephalopods, when they hit down on the ground when they're walking, if you're a giant cephalopod, you're busting holes in the concrete. Oh, yeah. And there's probably some type of ocean underneath where the cephalopods go. And so that causes the soil to be all rocky. And that's why our foundations crumble in Dallas. Is- that's the thing people don't understand. You can buy a house in Texas. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> Shit will fall through yeah. the earth. Yeah. You'll get cracks uh, within a year You're like my house is cracking in half like an egg. You're like, why didn't this door
1: shut anymore? Like, (laughs) that's what happened. That's our front door. I'm like, why is this fucking
0: door so hard to close? Oh, because it rained and our house has shifted significantly. (laughs) Exactly. The ground is literally just washing away under Mm -hmm. your feet. So that's probably why. Because there's a whole cephalopodian home underneath us. Dang, we figured it out.
1: I um, I'm gonna go that this is a fun. Uh, street art installation team that is trying to make some kind of social commentary, but I don't
0: know what it is. It's a little bit more esoteric than I can grasp. But yeah. I wish, because I love, I think Dallas is now, especially since probably the last like 10 years is when I moved back in 2011, I feel like it's now getting its, you know, there's an, a more of an art scene, mm-hmm. there's more of a, you know, cultural scene. It's and, coming back. Because yeah, in, like, in the like,
1: Early 2000s, Deep Ellum was, like, hot and hip, and then it kind of went away for a long time, and it was, Mm -hmm. but now it's, like, coming back in the past few years, it's coming back again, so it's definitely on an upswing art-wise than it has
0: been in the past decade. A lot more investment in arts mm-hmm. and stuff. So I wish that the city would find a way to put these out. I get that if they don't understand the origin, they don't know what anything means. And if the secret esoteric clue, you know, clues we're not putting together or something like offensive mm-hmm. or discriminatory, you don't want to just put a piece of art out without knowing like the backstory. That being said, give me a tour. I want to see mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Let me yes. see the cephalopod. Or
1: come on, uh, DMA. Stop, yeah. stop being you cowards.
0: Do an, <laughs> do an exhibit of these things. And I, mean, I bet you on loan from Pete Friedman, he'd probably put the little sculpture in there, too. Oh, he'd probably yeah. let him put it on display mm-hmm. with the little plaque.
1: I, I bet if, is, if word got out the DMA was going to do exhibit, I think Solomon would secret. It's He's like our Banksy. Yeah, he's like we the have Dallas our own Banksy.
0: <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the DMA is doing some cool stuff right now. They have a whole thing on like Chicano art and lowrider culture. Oh, very cool. It's kind of immersive. You walk in with like big tall wall art is what they've called it. So yeah, so it's really cool. So I think the DMA is doing some uh, you know, not just like this painting is from England mm-hmm. and whatever, you know, they're doing more contemporary, meaningful to the folks that actually live here kind of stuff. And so I think this would this is part of it. Mm-hmm. We're It's a weird thing. And, a, well, you know, we're not like Austin weird, but I think we're weird in our own dorky, clunky way. Yeah. And that's what this is. Do you remember? I
1: don't I don't know if you lived here when this happened. You know, the giant robot statues that are in DeFellum. So if you're not from here, we also have these gigantic robot statues. There's several of them. They are made out of like this very shiny silver. They're huge. They dress them up by they, I don't know who they is, (laughs) the the cephalopodians. Like over um, Christmas, I think one had a a hat on. Somebody put a big mask on one. Mm -hmm. They had like a big Mavs jersey on. But years ago all of a sudden it was like when it was really cold i think it was when we had that snowstorm out of nowhere it was it would have been 2012 or so they appeared and someone had knitted them giant <laughs> scarves and hats and maybe mittens i know there was a giant Aww. scarf and it was all over the paper and everything and then i found out i knew the girl that did it she That's kept it amazing. a secret she was a DCA. She was an improviser.
0: That's and hilarious. She
1: um she had knitted them and they had like gone out in the night and like secretly put them on. I don't know if it I mean I found out, so I guess it came it came out. She's an exceptional puppeteer and she um does a lot of puppeteer work for like famous institutions and everything. She's great. But um so I think it's stuff like that. Like people that Just want to do it for, like, the city. They don't necessarily need the recognition. It's just fun. It's a fun thing for people to talk about. And then, it, you know, unfortunately, it goes away because what we don't understand, we try and kill.
0: Let's try wet blankets, putting it in storage. mean, (laughs) I think it should be on display somewhere. Put it in City Hall behind glass. It just says anonymous sculpture. You know, I don't think you're putting it out is not necessarily endorsing its message. I think it's... It is like it exists. We can't say it doesn't exist. You can try to hide it, but we're bringing it to the forefront. I told you, I was like, mainstream media doesn't want to cover this; Mm -hmm. trying to cover it up. Well, that's why you got Central Track. Yeah, that's right. Pete Friedman and Central Track coming through, and it was very sweet the way that they covered it, and it was very sincere. And I mean, it's very tongue in cheek, obviously, but on but it is that. Why is no one talking about? He was like, Why is nobody talking about this? And so then another could have seen him. Yeah. Well.
1: Um, I They got those down fast, a little too fast, if you ask me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope that since that was December, maybe in another 777 days. I hope we don't have to wait that long, but maybe another one will come out. I assume they take a while to make. So maybe there are ones in production right now.
0: Yeah, or 333 days or something like that. 69, 420 days. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Well, if you are the... Sculpture sculpturist
0: behind these, just you l- know that you got two people that are on your side. I'm a big fan of Solomon, and if you know who Solomon is, if you tell us, we won't rat to anybody. No, and if Solomon wants to make a cephalopodian Heather and
1: a cephalopodian Christy, please to put out, you have our blessing. We
0: put out, and then the statues will be put out. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. If one if they have little microphones, oh my god, please, and a little like uh, little headphones, ke- little headphones, and we'll keep a creepy shirt on. Be oh perfect. my gosh! If the city takes that down, I will burn the city to the ground. <laughs> I will demand that that be
0: given to me, and I erect it in my front yard. <laughs> I will turn on the city on a fucking dime when it comes to me. I would. Lo- I put it in my yard too. Yeah. there's there's nothing. I don't have a HOA. i I don't. No. There's nobody telling me what to do with my yard. Now, if my they neighbors did, would be, like, be
1: like. Uh, what? <laughs>
0: but i be
1: like, yeah, it's staying. I Somebody would be you. like,
0: oh, uh, that house with no yard and all the broken windows. Wow, <laughs> someone lives there. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. It's not every day we to have to go else.
1: power wash it, all the graffiti off of it. But, you know, it's worth it. <laughs> Fine with me. Well, if you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content. And for recent patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. And make sure you stick around after our sign offs to hear your
0: shout out. And if you want to get some Sinisterhood swag like T-shirts, mugs, totes and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner.
1: You can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun like topic-based
0: playlists and links to live show tickets at Sinisterhood.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're also on YouTube and TikTok, and you can go to Cameo.com, search Sinisterhood, and book us for your personalized video shout-out. Christy, where are you at on the computer?
1: I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO.
0: Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the World and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Victoria Collinsworth, Sarah Vera, Isha S, Brittany LaFriends, Zayla Newsroy, Nicole David, Jamie Robinson, Rachel McCormick, Joni Schofield, Taylor Burkhalter, Mary Hostuttler, and Marie Veliskova. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. We could not do this without you. We sincerely appreciate everything you do for us. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. (laughs) mwa-ha-ha-ha, <laughs> encephalopod. Sinister.